Do you know a child who just didn't make the transition from high school into college? They just, for some reason, couldn't adjust to the changes that are happening at the college level. They were very successful in high school, and then all of a sudden, when they got to college, it all fell apart. This is not an uncommon problem, and it's at the crux of what we're going to talk about today. There are so many changes that happen when a child goes from high school into college. You should know by this point that the student is no longer under IDEA K-12 guidelines and standards and that they are shifting into the ADA guidelines and standards at the college level. And those are very, very, very big differences. One of the big differences is that the students are switching from a success model of special education into an equal access model. And today I want to talk about the implications of that shift because there is a lot happening when a child goes from IDEA into ADA and high school into college. So welcome to College Disabilities and Success, Episode 49, The Impact of Equal Access by Mickey Hayes. The opinions in this podcast are my own, but please reach out to your college, physician, or legal services for additional information. It's important for you to understand that the college wants you to be successful. They want you to graduate. They want you to get the degree to learn the information that you need to learn to be successful. That's why they're there. But they are bound by certain ADA guidelines and restrictions that Disability Services needs to follow. I was reading an article online the other day that was called How Colleges Can Prepare for Students with Autism by Brendan Borrell, B.O. R-R-E-L-L. And it was on a website called spectrumnews.org. And those links will be in the show notes today. But I was reading this article and one of the things that he mentioned in the article was about students with autism who were very, very successful in high school suddenly becoming surprised when college wasn't going right. The article states that the barriers to graduation are rarely about the grades. When students get to college, about 75% of them reported feelings of being left out or isolation, sometimes even suicide. An additional survey to college students in Australia found anxiety, depression, and loneliness as the greatest challenges. And then also about a third of those Australian students said they were not getting the academic accommodations that they needed. But in many cases... According to this article, these difficulties came as a surprise to the students who were on the spectrum and to their families because they had been so successful in high school. So what's happening? What's going on? Why is this struggle so prevalent? Well, part of the reason, and it was mentioned in this article, is that college students use an equal access model to get accommodations, whereas high school students use a success model. So I want to talk to you a little bit about those differences. Now, it seems obvious by the names of the two models that the high school wants you to be successful. They're going to do what they can to get you to be successful. But the colleges aren't interested in success, that they're interested in equal access. Colleges definitely want you to be successful. Don't misunderstand equal access. 
Colleges want you to be successful. The difference is they cannot, by ADA law, do anything that results in a fundamental alteration of the college program. Let me repeat that. Colleges cannot do anything under ADA law that would result in a fundamental alteration of the college program. So what that means is that any student who goes into any program or course at a college must do the same work that every other student is required to do. And that's why accommodations become so very, very important. But accommodations cannot fundamentally alter what the college has deemed necessary knowledge. When a student comes to disability services and they want to get accommodations, disability services is bound to do a couple of different things. Number one, they have to look at the documentation that the student has because the documentation that the student has is what is the guiding force behind determining those accommodations that the students are going to get. And the accommodations that the students are going to get cannot change what all students are expected to do in that class. And I've said this before, if a professor gives you five chapters to read, then every student needs to read five chapters. It doesn't matter if reading is difficult. So you need to find a way around that difficulty. But the college cannot say, well, that's okay. You only have to do three chapters. It's just not going to happen. That doesn't make any sense if you think about it. And the same thing if the professor says you need to do 50 definitions. To only require you to do 25 is really going to complicate things because you're going to be tested on all 50. So for disability services to tell you, well, no, you only have to do half of the assignment, it makes no sense. It's, it's just not going to work. So what disability services has to do is through their accommodations, they need to arrange equal access accommodations. So when you have to access the course and the knowledge and the information, they are going to accommodate you to do what they can to help you overcome the barriers that are preventing you from passing that course based on your disability. Their job is to mitigate the disability barriers that you are facing, not the information that you are responsible to learn. Because when all is said and done, when you're getting tested in that class, you are going to need to know what everybody else needs to know. And you're going to need to be able to show that professor that you do indeed know the information. And that's why things like note takers and scribes and electronic textbooks become very important accommodations for students with certain disabilities, because those are the tools that will help you to learn the knowledge that you are required to learn. So colleges are accommodating you for equal access, but they are not accommodating you for success by modification. And that's what happens in the high schools. You may get reduced amount of work. You may get to work with a team rather than by yourself. You might get a completely different test. But something is happening in that success model in the K-12 system that means 
that the teacher is changing up what you have to do as compared to what a typical student would have to do in that class. And so if you have any kind of modifications going on within that class, it's going to boost your grade, obviously, if you're not having to do a bunch of extra work that everybody else is doing, and you ultimately can successfully graduate from high school. But once you hit 18, and once you hit the ADA, and once you get to college, you're going to be expected to do everything that everybody else does. You may approach it a different way, but you're still going to be expected to do it. So when you're looking at planning your child's future and that child is still in high school, one of the best things that you can do to help that child succeed is to take a really, really close look at what modifications might be happening in high school that are not going to happen when they get to college. Start preparing your child for those differences and start understanding yourself how those differences could impact the emotional, mental health of your child. Because preparation is really, really important in a case like this. When you're at college and you're suddenly surprised by all the changes, that's where the emotional challenges come really into play. And that's where things start to get very, very stressful as you feel as though things are piling up on you. Now, when you're looking at accommodations, there's a lot of different things you can do. If you have a child who you are afraid is going to run into these kinds of problems in college, they do have a reduced course load accommodation. So you can actually have your child take a lesser course load and still be given the same benefits that any student with a full course load is given in college. And what this means is that your child's only going to take probably 12 credit hours instead of 15 or nine credit hours instead of 12, whatever your standards are for your particular school. But with that lesser course load, that reduced course load, they can still be considered a full-time student. It's helpful for things like insurance and so on and so forth. But the way for that accommodation to happen is for your child to have a conversation with disability services before that schedule is completely in place and see if a reduced course load is going to be an appropriate accommodation in your particular case. And the only way you can know that for sure is to talk to disability services to see what that reality is. Realizing all along, though, that if you do a reduced course load, that means you're going to take longer to graduate. And so you want to find out what the impact of that is going to be on financial aid. Equal access is so critical because a fundamental alteration of the program or the course is really, really problematic when the college awards you with a particular degree that says that you can go out and do certain tasks that the job expects. And that's why they do not do modifications. That is why they do not change your course requirements. Because if you think about it, let's say you're a nursing student, for example. Well, they can't just skip part of the curriculum because it's harder or it's going to take longer for whatever reason. They can't just remove part of the curriculum. You have to do everything that the curriculum requires. And that's where accommodations come into play. Now, accommodations in a nursing program aren't going to necessarily give you extended time for a demonstration for a skill, for example, because that skill that you have to prove you can do, you really need to be able to do it like every other student in the class. So medical programs in particular, the accommodations have to be very, very carefully planned out. 
helping your child become successful goes back to that high school time that I just mentioned previously about making sure that you are aware of the gaps that might be occurring at the high school that are not going to happen at the college. I have a lot of the ADA information that you need to know spelled out in chapter two of the course that I put together. And so today I'm going to offer you that link to chapter two for the course, because I think it makes a huge difference if you totally understand accommodations and why accommodations are the way they are based on what the ADA does. So I think that chapter will improve your knowledge about accommodations and accommodations for equal access. So I'm offering it to you for free. The free link will be in the show notes today. And there's a link there that you can just click the link and you'll go, you'll get right to the video and you'll be able to see all of chapter two that I have put together. Now, the course that I built is a nine chapter course and it covers a variety of topics. Chapter one talks about the difference between high school and college. Chapter two talks about the ADA. Chapter three talks about FERPA and family educational privacy rights. Chapter four talks about FAFSA and financial aid. Chapter five talks about meeting with the disability specialist and the kinds of things you and the disability specialist should talk about before you get to school. Chapter six talks about documentation and accommodations, and I get into more detail about documentation information and accommodation information based on ADA and what you learned in chapter two. And then chapter seven talks about the faculty perspective and what to expect there. Chapter eight is some information about online classes. And chapter nine is some information about helping your child advocate for himself or herself. Now, right now, that course, that entire course is on sale for $20. I have it marked on my website, mickeyteaches.com, and I'll have that link in there. But I put it on sale only until December 31st at midnight Eastern Standard Time. At that point, it will go back up to its original price. So if you're interested at all in this information, check out the free video in the show notes, and the link will be there also if you're interested in the course. My email is mickeyteaches at gmail.com. That's M-I-C-K-I-E teaches at gmail.com. And the course information is mickeyteaches.com, M-I-C-K-I-E teaches.com. But the bottom line in all of this is you need to help your child, however you do it, understand that when they get to college, they may not get the same accommodations they had in high school, especially if those accommodations made changes to the curriculum, because the colleges can't do that. I hope you found value in today's podcast. The information about equal access is so bottom line basic to what's going to happen when a student with a disability switches from IDEA into college and the ADA. I hope everybody has a great holiday. I will not be recording now until January, so I'm going to take a couple weeks off here and prepare for my holiday. In the meantime, you all take care and have a great rest of the day. And if you have any questions, send me an email.
Thanks. Bye-bye. Information contained throughout this podcast has been gleaned from my own personal experiences. But to ensure accuracy, please contact the Disability Services at the College of Your Choice to have first-hand information and the most up-to-date policies and procedures followed by your particular institution of higher education. The content in any of these podcasts is not intended as a substitute for information from legal, educational, or medical professionals. Always seek the advice of your attorney or qualified health care provider with any questions you may have with regards to legal, educational, or medical concerns.